Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friar's popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Charles of Setse. It was in the early years of the 17th century, in the town of Setse, some 50 miles southeast of Rome, that a son was born to Ruggiero and Antonio Marchione. I am the family doctor. It was my privilege to bring Charles into the world. I was much younger then, but I followed his career as if he were my own son. Although christened Charles, they dressed him as a child in corded robes and called him Little Brother John. When he became old enough, their dream was realized. He entered the novitiate. There he developed a tendency to remain motionless in contemplation at the end of the midnight office, after the other friars had left the chapel. Wake up, Charles. Charles, wake up. Oh, I'm sorry, Father. These trances overcome you not only in church, but also during periods of manual labor. You even sleep on your feet like a horse. Every time I think about God, I get carried away. I must caution you not to concentrate on God except when praying. Yes, Father. I'll try. But Charles continued his drowsy periods of concentration until he was all but turned out of the novitiate. When it neared time for him and his fellow novices to be professed, Charles was summoned before the master. Charles, we've looked under your background to find a cause for these lapses. Frankly, as a student, you were not very bright. 
I did have trouble with my books. I felt more at home working in the fields with my brothers. And when I was alone, I even managed to deliver sermons with the flowers and birds as my listeners. An audience that befitted the speaker, I'm sure. Charles, it's my painful duty to inform you that you are to be assigned to work in the kitchen for three weeks. Yes, Father. If you do not improve, you're to be sent away. Now remember, this is your last chance. Oh, I shall try to make the most of it, Father. I, uh, I shall try to make the most of it. But before the final decision, a new guardian came to Nazzano. Charles trembled a little when he was called into the study. You, uh, sent for me, Father? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, you're the one they spoke to me about. You've, uh, you've been assigned to the kitchen. Yes, Father. Well, I've inspected the kitchen, and never have I found one so clean and orderly. Every cup and dish bright and shiny. You must have worked very hard to achieve the result. I did, Father. It meant so much to me. You see, I've been on probation... This was my last chance. Well, I'm not above criticizing when necessary, but I think a word of praise should be forthcoming whenever it's merited. That's why I sent for you. That will be all, Brother Charles. Well, thank you so much, Father. Oh, but, but you called me brother. Does that mean... It means just that. As of now, your probation is lifted. You will be professed along with the others. Thank God in all his goodness. And so, on May 18th, 1636, at the age of 23, Charles became a professed Franciscan brother. One day, I had a sudden impulse to visit him, to see him and talk with him. Remember me, Charles? Oh, uh, I'm not quite... Oh, yes, I do indeed. Our family doctor back in Setse. <laughs> you helped restore me to health when my life was despaired of. It was then that I vowed a religious life. Oh, you were quite a problem, Charles. Not only because of your illness, but... Also because of your inability to learn. Oh, I was a poor student indeed. And now you've begun to write books that display great ecclesiastical knowledge. I, well, I don't understand how this is possible. Well, the Lord, in his wisdom, sometimes hides such things from the wise, but reveals them to the simple. But the writing is that of a scholar. If I tell you the truth, will you promise not to tell a soul... As long as I live? Of course I will, Charles. Do tell me. Well, I developed a devotion to St. Teresa. She was my teacher, although long dead. Sometimes she actually dictated long passages. I haven't told a soul about this. Well, no one would believe it. You do, Doctor. I do. I, I, I see no other explanation. In the spring of 1640, Brother Charles was assigned a sacristan in Carpento. 
once again he had as a spiritual director a father vicar who believed in being as strict as possible with young friars. He soon concentrated much of his repressive policy on Charles. Charles. Yes, Father? When you walk, don't scuff your feet like a street beggar. It's oh. incredible how much noise you can make with a pair of sandals. I never believed that one man could manage to sound like a company of soldiers. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, Father. I'll try to walk more quietly. And, Charles, your carriage is deplorable. Are you by chance ashamed of your new calling? Oh, indeed not, Father. Then why do you slouch and bend over like the weight of your sins had bogged you down? Well, I, I guess I just didn't realize. Mm. Uh, try walking across the room while I observe. Now, Father? Of course. And keep in mind what I just said. Uh, go ahead, walk. Hold it. Would did, did I do something wrong, Father? Indeed you did. You go from one extreme to the other. When I correct your droopy manner, you strut like a peacock. There is a happy medium. Oh, I, I am sure there is, Father. And I shall try to find it. Uh, for the present, there's no use. I suggest you watch some of the others and try to pattern yourself after them. I'll do that, Father. One more thing. In this friary, we do our own housekeeping. If done well, it can be offered up to God as a prayer. I know that, Father. Yesterday, you were assigned to sweep the floor of the dining room. Today, I looked under the rug, and I found dirt. Is that where you swept it, under the rug? Oh, no, Father. It, uh, it must have been already under the rug. Then you should have looked under the rug and removed it. I, I suppose so. Y yes, Father. You were raised on a farm, weren't you? That's so, Father. Perhaps your inaptitude is our fault and not yours. We may not be making the proper use of your talents. As of today, you will have charge of the chickens. Very well, Father. Of what do my duties consist? You'll find it all marked on the chart. Feed the chickens, collect the eggs for the table, and repair the wire fence. There's a hole in it, scarcely big enough for them to escape, but we will take no chances. I, I, I'll fix it at once, Father. with his new duties and performed them so well that when the vicar sent for him, poor Charles expected a word of commendation. But the vicar's tone of voice soon dispelled such illusions. Charles. Yes, Father? Those eggs you brought in this morning, two of them were cracked. Oh, that's true, Father. That's the way I found them. Are you suggesting the chickens cracked their own eggs? That's preposterous. Well, I, I, I'm not suggesting anything. Well, I am. I suggest they received rough handling. You must be more careful in the future. I, I'll be careful, Father. Uh, did I not ask you to repair the hole in the wire fence? But I did. It was only a small hole. And you didn't do the job very well. Two chickens are missing. I don't see how, unless it was the work of a thief. It seems that you are never without an alibi for the broken eggs. You blame the chickens, knowing full well that they are speechless and cannot defend themselves. For the fence, you blame a chicken thief. A shadowy figure whom nobody has ever seen. Well, they always operate under cover of darkness. But they existed even in the early days of the church. Mm, I'm sure they were blamed for more than one chicken who simply strayed off the premises. I don't dispute that, Father. Chickens are one of our main sources of meat. 
Since we incurred a loss due to your negligence, I must impose a penance. You will abstain from meat for two days. It shall be as you say, Father. Charles began to wonder why the vicar went out of his way to make things so difficult. He wasn't long in finding out. A few days later, he was called before his superior. Charles, why do you conspire against me? Why? But I don't, Father. It, it's bad enough to resent my authority. But to think that you would write a letter to the Guardian complaining about me. Believe me, Father, I didn't. I hardly expected you'd admit it. I'm afraid I shall have to administer severe penances until you change your way of thinking. Just as you say, Father. Oh, Lord, listen to the pleas of thy humble servant, Charles. If you wish to test me, under the discipline of the vicar, strengthen the patience I never fully acquired as a youth on the farm. Help me to curb my temper and to submit with obedience, however difficult that may be. Once again, when things seemed most unbearable, the guardian returned to Carpento and asked for a report on developments during his absence. It's good to see you back, Father. It's good to be back. I'm pleased to report that all our brothers have conducted themselves in a manner befitting their profession. With one exception. And who might that be? The one called Charles of Setzer. He's impossible. Ah, you surprise me. I thought rather well of him myself. Just what has he done? He doesn't even walk properly. One minute he slouches like a beggar, and if I correct him, he struts like a peacock. Well, surely that's a minor fault and one that should work itself out. At his age, I myself was self-conscious. Oh, no, no, what else do you have against him? He performs his work slovenly, and when I sought to discipline him, well, uh, I happen to know that he wrote a letter to you about me. He admitted this? Oh, of course not. In fact, he denied it. What would you say if I were to tell you I never received any such letter? You mean you, you, you didn't... Uh... Of course not. Or do you doubt my word also? Oh, heaven forbid, Father, that such a thought should ever enter my mind. I'm afraid you've misjudged, Brother Charles. Yes, I, I'm afraid I have. I, I shall have a talk with the young man. Do. The sooner, the better. Charles, uh... Yes, Father? This is very painful to me. Perhaps you can help me by your tolerance. Oh, I'll try, Father. I had a talk with the guardian who has just returned. You remember I accused you of writing a letter to him about me? I remember. I never wrote such a letter, Father. I know that now. I have the word of the guardian himself. Because of this, I have made you the object of... 
unjust persecution. It became an, an obsession. I, I did find it a bit trying. I shall not spare myself in my next confession. But first, in all humility, I must beg your forgiveness. Oh, be assured, Father, it is granted. May you find peace of mind. I shall try very hard to make amends. For us, a new beginning. I hope you'll find me a friend worth having. I'm sure I will, Father. Involved the Father General. Brother Charles, I understand you wrote a summary of your meditations on the Passion and that you sought to have it printed without my permission. What have you to say to that? Only that I warned a well meaning layman that we must have your permission. Somehow, he sent the manuscript instead to the diocesan censor. You blame me for being angry? No, Father. Even now that I'm no longer angry, am I? I must insist on a penance, a penance of five Our Fathers and five Hail Marys to be said before the Blessed Sacrament. I'm only being lenient because I'm no longer angry. I shall say the five Our Fathers and the five Hail Marys at once. to ask of you. What is it, Father? I want you to pray for my recovery. Will you, will you do that for me? Of course I will. Did you doubt for even a moment that I could refuse such a request? Oh, not really. But remember, a sick man needs reassurance. And to hear it from your own lips, it gives me comfort. I shall pray with all my heart for your recovery, God willing. And if the request is granted and you do recover... I vow a pilgrimage of thanksgiving. So be it. The vicar recovered and sent Charles away on the pilgrimage. But on his return, an angry guardian awaited him. Charles, I am greatly displeased with you. What have I done, Father? You absented yourself on a long journey without my permission. But I had vowed to make the pilgrimage of the vicar recovered. So I understand. And I wouldn't have stood in your way if you had asked my permission, but you didn't. Oh, I'm afraid that's true. I had only one thing in mind, to fulfill my promise. Your explanation is unsatisfactory. I'm sorry. My decision is this. You're not to go into the sacristy again. Instead, you're assigned to accompany Brother Simplicio on his rounds of the city and take care of his donkey. But donkeys are so obstinate, Father. I realize that. Sometimes I think they're agents of the devil. They try my patience so much. Not nearly as much as you have tried mine. How soon can you be ready to take over your new duties? I'm ready now, Father. (laughs) 
my visits to Charles had assumed a somewhat regular frequency. This time, when I came to see him, what should I find but Charles attending Brother Simplicio's donkey? Nice of you to visit me again, Doctor. But what do I find? This is ridiculous. A man of your ability playing nursemaid to a donkey? Oh, it's not nearly as bad as I expected. The donkeys we had on the farm often provoked me into foul language, a fault for which my mother often had to scold me. But this is a well-behaved donkey. I'm sure my superiors would find his manners better than my own. But it's also unnecessary. Let me be your emissary. Just a word to the vicar and surely your punishment will be lifted. Or didn't you pray successfully for his recovery? Please, don't mention this to the vicar. Oh, but it's so unfair. As a layman, I never expected to find such tyrants within the framework of the church. It may seem that way to you. But remember, our masters have an obligation to teach us to obey without question. And if they seem unduly severe, remember, the Lord in his wisdom never tests us beyond our ability to endure. And we have only to ask for his aid, and it's freely given. Well, that's all very true, but the matter could be so easily straightened out. Obedience and humility are far more important to me than establishing my innocence. Oh, very well, Charles, but if you change your mind, you know where I am at the inn. Shortly thereafter, while Brother Simplicio made his rounds, Charles stopped for mass at the small church of San Giuseppe in Capo Lecase. And there occurred the most important event of his life, but let Charles himself describe it, as he did to me when I visited him. I was praying to our Lord, who dwells unseen in the holy tabernacle, that through the intercession of the glorious St. Joseph, he might give me his most divine love. I see. Well, tell me exactly what happened. When the priest raised the consecrated host, I saw, with the eyes of my soul, something like a ray of light issue from it and come to wound me in the heart. It happened so quickly, I could not say how long it took. This, this wound, what did it feel like? It felt like something made of real iron. It sounded just as a piece of iron does when it's heated red hot by fire and dropped into water. Did it produce any spiritual reaction? I thought it was. Blessed be St. Joseph. Through his intercession, I have been wounded. By the hand of the Lord, with the dart of his love. The wound opened up new spiritual opportunities for Charles. He became the consultant of cardinals, even Pope Clement the Ninth sought his advice. And the vicar, realizing that a physician's testimony would have significance to future generations, summoned me before him. 
Doctor, uh, tell me about the wound. Well, it was not just a mystical one. A bleeding open sore also appeared on his chest and remained visible for about three years. Then, in answer to his prayers, the wound closed, leaving a slight scar which was observed on his body after he died 20 years later. Why did you keep in touch with Charles so closely through all those years? Not every doctor has the privilege of bringing a saint into this world. The old doctor's words proved prophetic. Charles died on January 6, 1670. Pope Leo XII pronounced him blessed in 1882, and Pope John XXIII canonized him in the spring of 1959. From him, we learn the lessons of humility and obedience and ability to rise above misunderstandings. But most of all, the story of Charles is that of an unscholarly man who became a fountain of wisdom. As Charles himself put it, when asked by his doctor to explain his great store of knowledge. It's like this, Doctor. The Lord, in his wisdom, sometimes hides such things from the wise, but reveals them to the simple. to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymoor, Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymoor, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.